Test it. Test it. Test it. Don't get stuck in something that you think, well, maybe it'll work, or I feel like this, or this worked for him. Test it yourself. Get some hard data and take a look at it and be objective. And don't be afraid to try something out. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain What exactly is A-B testing? Why is it important? And how do you determine a split testing winner? Those are just three of the questions that I'm going to be asking our special guest today, Paul Julius. Paul, thanks for joining us on DMR. Hi, David. Great to be here. Good to have you here. Well, could you begin by telling us a little bit uh, more about you and and, and perhaps um, what, what you do yourself as well? Sure. Right now, I work for a company called ConsultWebs. We're a legal marketing firm, and um, I run all the AdWords paid search campaigns for all our clients. Um, that includes doing, you know, setting up the campaigns, doing the keyword research, managing their budgets, uh, really all that thing, optimizing for ROI is the bottom line. Okay, so um, paid search, um, does that um, encompass more than pay-per-click or is it just pay-per-click that you focus on? Well, you know, the primary thing that I think everybody's most familiar with is Google AdWords. Um, we have looked into some other things like doing content marketing with stuff like Outbrain um, and, you know, smaller media buys um, and native advertising too. But the, the main thing I would say is, is pay-per-click. Okay, and you, you work in a really competitive marketplace, is that correct? Um, most of your clients are, are in the law area, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It, it is very competitive, and they are all in the legal field, um, which has some of the, the highest cost per clicks out there, you know, right below uh, insurance and mortgage. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's competitive, and it's, it's tough to, to squeeze every value, you know, every little bit of value we can out of each click. Wow, and you must really focus on return on investment and conversion rates. Um, what kind of calls to action do you find um, are working particularly well at the moment? The most important thing with a call to action is making sure, well, let me, let me put it this way. You want to try and answer something that someone is going to be asking you before they ask it. So is this going to cost me something? Um, am I going to be committed to something? So if you can get a call to action in there that says, you know, free consult, no obligation, um, relate to them that we've, you know, we've helped, uh, clients, you know, recover millions of dollars. Uh, you know, we're a local firm, things like that work very well. Okay. Um, so that's, um, focus on getting the, the, the new visitor to actually submit their own details um, to your client. Uh, is it important to actually get them to give as much information as possible or do you just focus on a telephone number or a name or perhaps an email address as well? You know, the best thing, it, it, it's very dependent on the area and the, and the, the practice area, I would say. Um, the majority of the conversions are going to come through phone calls. So, and I think that it's, that's really key because you know, so many, um, so many people when they're asked, you know, when the intake staff asks them, how did you find us? Um, they say, well, I, you know, I looked around on the internet and you look like someone I wanted to talk to. So, you know, really matching that and making sure that whatever that landing page that they land on is, is relevant, um, and isn't, you know, doesn't have a lot of, of negative things or, or stuff that puts people off is, is really key. 
Okay, and um, do you tailor your landing pages according to the device that the user is using as well? So would you have a different landing page for tablets or smartphones as opposed to a desktop? Well, we try and do all our stuff responsive now. So that kind of takes care of it. But I will say that I do tailor campaigns so that we're, we're going to have, you know, certain things pointed uh, more towards a desktop experience, certain things more, you know, that encompass um, in the ad extensions, more click to call, um, tap for location type things. Um, but, you know, in general, I think people are more comfortable converting at a desktop. And I think they're probably doing more searches uh, from a desktop for the type of services that our clients provide. So does that mean that you might tailor your ad slightly differently if you feel that the user is going to be using a tablet um, compared with uh, maybe a strong call to action if they were on a desktop? Well, for sure. Um, you know, something something that we've been noticing is that on tablets, it seems to be more informational. Like people will continue, you know, will do searches on a tablet looking for things and they'll do them after work. Like tablet traffic seems to spike like after four o'clock, um, but they'll still want to convert on a desktop. So you might want to do, uh, and this is just an example, but you might want to do things, keywords that target more informational phrases um, and target that to a tablet. So, you know, what do I do after a car accident, you know, or how do I file a claim for, um, you know, a slip and fall in a store that might be, you know, things that answer those questions would probably work better on a tablet um, as opposed to, you know, talk to a lawyer right now because, you know, people are doing it after business hours. They may not necessarily be in the frame of mind like, well, OK, I'm going to talk to somebody right this minute. They're still finding things out. And that probably works better um, for a tablet or a, a mobile campaign. OK, that's interesting. And in terms of split testing, uh, A-B split testing, do you constantly have a split test trying to improve your ad copy even further? Or, or is there a stage you reach where um, it's no longer necessary to do a split test at all? I think you have to. I think you have to be constantly testing. I mean, my, you know, my little rule is I always have at least two ads um, and there's always like the best one. And it's always just kind of a contest. So let's beat that one. You know, let's see if we can do that. But when you're starting out, um, you know, that's when you really want to try and say, okay, you know, headline, that's the thing that people are going to see first. So you're going to kind of split test those. Um, and once you get one that, that's getting a good response, then you're going to start testing, you know, call to action. Um, how is that matching up with your landing page? So for sure, it's a, it's a very constant process. Uh, but I would definitely say that, you know, once you get to a certain point, you, you can kind of see that things have sort of plateaued, you know, and that's, that's when you can kind of say, all right, well, you know, sometimes, uh, making a radical change here could could have a negative effect. So you don't want to go overboard with it. So what's the most surprising difference that you've made in an ad that's actually made a positive impact in terms of conversion rate that you didn't necessarily expect was going to do so beforehand? Um, I, you know, just for the heck of it, I did one that was um, kind of like a newspaper headline. Instead of saying something like, you know, um, New York accident lawyer, we've helped millions, um, you know, free consult, something here. Um, I changed the text to, uh, to say, you know, more like a, a New York accident lawyer wins millions for clients. <laughs> Find out how, you know. Um, and, and I was really surprised that people, you know, again, it was it, it kind of popped up like I, I didn't even think. I thought for sure people would say, wow, free consult. Um, so it was it was definitely a little surprising. Wow. And um, do you test the text um, and layout on the landing page as well? 
Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. That's a, that's a huge, uh, I, I mean, that can make or break, you know, if, if you're sending, I mean, think about it. Every single person that goes to that landing page, you know, my, my client just paid for that. So if, if something doesn't happen on a regular basis, they're losing money. Wow. Um, so it certainly pays to be working in a sector like you are, because um, I, I wouldn't imagine that um, the majority of pay-per-click industry professionals are even probably testing as much as you are. Do you, do you think that's probably fair to say? Probably not on such a regular basis, um, because, you know, in, in a lot of e-commerce and stuff like that, the clicks are just, you know, a couple dollars. Whereas, you know, for us, you know, I'm looking at sometimes, you know, using the, the example of New York, you know, a uh, car accident attorney in New York can be like 60 or $70. So, you know, for me, it makes a great deal of sense to make sure that, you know, all of that stuff is as, you know, lined up and working and relevant to the ad copy as possible for me. Okay. And what about the quality of the website itself? If you have a web page loading in something like 10 seconds and another one loads in two or three seconds, um, have you analyzed to see if there's a significant difference in conversion rates from that? Well, I'm fortunate that, um, you know, our support and our design team at Consult Webs are, are really on top of that. Um, we spend a, quite a bit of time analyzing webmaster tools. Um, we have some, some third-party software that we use to kind of perform on-site um, analysis on a, you know, daily basis almost. So I, I haven't, I can't really say I've run into it where a, a site has loaded really slow. Um, but I know from past experience and I know from doing, you know, more organic optimizing that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's critical. You know, if someone clicks on something and is waiting, 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 it's it, they're gone, you know. Right. Okay. Wow. I, I remember years ago um, when Google AdWords first came out and um, buying traffic for something like a penny a click. And um, those just seem like the magical days now. It's just it's, it's quite incredible. But obviously, um, things have changed quite a lot. Um, what do you think have been the major changes in Google AdWords over the last couple of years? Well, boy, I remember those days too. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, it was, it was wide open then. And I think what you're seeing now is people understand what a resource it is. Um, and there's whole departments, there's entire branches of companies that are maximizing, um, that Avenue and they're realizing how well it works. Um, not only by itself, but in conjunction with organic results. I mean, people are far more likely to click an organic listing if there's a paid listing on the same page. So um, I think that the, the importance and the relevance of it uh, have, have really leapt forward. And with that, you know, again, the competition, the cost has gone up, and just the, the knowledge that, that um, is necessary to not lose a ton of money um, you know, has, has really, the, the requirements have gone up. And do you have any thoughts on how Google AdWords and um, perhaps other pay-per-click services are likely to evolve over the next couple of years? Well, I think something that's interesting, and it's starting to happen now, um, it hasn't necessarily made it to every level yet because it's a little bit advanced, but is retargeting. Um, I think you're going to see stuff in the future where people will build an audience on Facebook and identify those demographics and then market to them as they move around the web. So they might find something on Facebook or be part of a group on Facebook 
And then as they leave um, and do an organic search for something that's relevant, um, you'll be able to target to these people far more effectively as they move to different um, channels across the web or even cross device. So are you of, of the frame of mind that um, even if a company might not be actively using retargeting at the moment, that they should set up a retargeting campaign and start cookieing people so they've got more people to actually display ads to in the future? I think identifying audiences is absolutely critical. Um, I think that that's, that's where all of this is going. And I, and I really think that in general, it makes just, it's just good business sense to know, you know, who, who are, who's going to your site and, and who are you reaching and where are they coming from and how can I reach them better? And maybe, you know, what do they like? What do they don't like? Um, how do they talk? You know, those are things that make, I mean, even just going and looking at um, relevant forums and how people post in there and using that language in your ads or in your headlines um, can make all the difference. So for sure. Okay, so let's um, move on a little bit and uh, get your opinion of some just general digital marketing activities. Software I couldn't live without. And what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Microsoft Excel. Wow, okay, and that, that's the version on your desktop rather than the version online? Yes. Okay, and what about um, what software you don't use now, but you've heard some good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the future? There's one called um, Adalysis that just came out by a guy named um, Brad Geddes, who's uh, he, he's an amazing paid search I don't know, guru, I guess you could call him, um, that's doing some, some really cool things with analyzing um, how your ad copy relates to everything. And I've also heard some really good things about uh, Marin and Kenshu, like for larger kind of project bid management type stuff, but just haven't, uh, haven't quite got into the implementation stages of it yet. But I'm, I'm excited by what they do. Great. Okay. Well, it takes a it takes a while to learn um, new software, certainly, but it's um it's worthwhile the effort. It's it's sometimes easy just to sit back and do what you're used to, but it's important to keep on learning in this game. Agree. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes there's opportunities in there that you know maybe you don't notice. Sometimes you know it being able to present you the data in a way that maybe you know just using Excel or something you can't quite look at. Um, you know, you never know. So moving on to, I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh boy! Um, so way back before before I was in, in involved in exactly what I'm doing now, um, I had we had a website that it just it tried to be everything to everybody, and I think it goes back to you know I did not didn't do a good job of identifying users. I didn't do a good job of um, making the site as as structured as it could have been. And I think that's important that, uh, you know, not marketing to the search engine and marketing to users um, was a huge mistake. Right, okay. And of course, when a user lands on a website and within a few seconds struggles to actually understand what's on offer there, they're likely just to go off there and never come back to the same site again. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I see it happen all the time, for sure. 
Right, okay. And um, what about newbies now starting today in digital marketing? What are the most common mistakes that you see a new person making? Um, well, I would say the main ones for the from the paid search side, um, I'll, I know that best. So I'll address that first. Um, not focusing your keywords and your ad copy to a landing page, having these, you know, these ad groups that have 50 or 60 keywords, um, two kind of generic ads and they land on your homepage. That's bad. (laughs) That's just not going to work out well for you. You can't be all things to all people. Um, and in general, I think relying too much on one Avenue, I I think you need to be, um, to take a look at your whole business and what you do and how people use it and maybe spread out so that you're, you know, if a Google algorithm changes, um, you're not sunk, you know, you're still doing maybe some blog article syndication or you're, um, you know, running display ads on a relevant website, um, you know, as a direct media buyer or something like that, like make sure that you've really analyzed all the different ways that you can reach people and don't become too reliant on one. Okay, so being too general is, is, is quite an issue. Um, so does that mean that you tend to focus on exact match in pay-per-click campaigns? Or is there still room for phrase and, and broad matches and using negative matches as well? Um, yes to everything, basically. <laughs> the, um, but I'll, I'll break it down. The thing I found out is that there's something, I, I think the number, the exact number is something like 3.5 billion Google searches a day. All right. That's a lot. I mean, that's just a lot of people searching for stuff. And out of that, um, 70% of them aren't exact match. So there's a, there's just a ton of things where it's, it's not boiled down to an exact phrase. So you're literally looking for a needle in a haystack that's forever growing. So I try and do it and use like broad match modified or phrase match um, when I do keyword research, I very much try and look at search queries and look for themes, try and look for something where you're going to be addressing sort of the same idea. Um, because I think that's really how people search nowadays. You know, we've, we've become very accustomed to search engines and I think people, um, think in terms of con, you know, they search in terms of concepts, not keywords anymore. So you've got to address it that way. Um, but yeah, when you do find that broad, uh, that exact match keyword, whew, hang on to it. Build it out. That's, that's gold right there. Best advice I've ever received. So what is the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? Test it. Test it. Test it. Don't get stuck in something that you think, well, maybe it'll work or I feel like this or um, this worked for him. Test it yourself. Get some hard data and take a look at it and be objective. And don't be afraid to try something out. And, and, you know, even if something, it's not a failure if you get good data, you know, you're still, I mean, at at the very least, even if it completely flops and you don't get anywhere near the response you wanted, um, at least you know what not to do next time. Um, So let's move on to the this or that round. Okay, so this is the round where it's a quick response round. Uh, Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Let's do it. Okay, email or Twitter? Uh, Email, but I'm trying to get to Twitter because that's where all the cool kids are. (laughs) Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? 
affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? <laughs> Facebook for now. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? I'm going to go with telephone number. Website or app? Website, but I'd be willing to bet that's going to change. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Oh, if I can't say both, I'll have to say email. And local marketing or global marketing? Local. Wow. Yay! Which, <laughs> which takes us straight on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on and digital marketing activity, what would you spend on and how would you measure success? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a paid search guy, so I would go with that. Um, I will qualify that, but, you know, if you want a, an immediate response, if you want some immediate results... Um, you know, that's it. SEO. It takes a long time. So if, if that's kind of what you're thinking, that's what I would do. But that being said, I would like to, if a client came to me and said, Hey, I've got $10,000 and I want to make my business better. Um, I would say, well, let's make sure not only when we launch this campaign, um, that, you know, it's squared up and we're hitting all the, the right geos and we've got the right keywords, but, um, let's make sure that the people who are answering your phones are well-trained, um, because that's a huge turnoff. Let's make sure that your unique message that the, whatever it is that separates you from everybody else who does what you do, let's make sure that we've done that as best we can. And if we need to pay a little bit to have some better graphics designed or do something like that, um, get some training, let's do that too. But, um, yeah, bottom line. You know, that's my job security. So I'm saying paid search. And how would I measure success? Um, increase in conversions, increase in leads. Um, one, one metric that I've been looking at more and more, just to throw this out there, is not so much um, impressions per clicks, but impressions per conversions. Because that kind of tells you how many people saw your ad and actually took all the action, you know, all the steps necessary to convert. So it's a little bit different, but, uh, you know, bottom line is how many phone calls or how many forms got filled. And, um, if a client comes to you for the first ever time, would you say that, um, they're quite comfortable and knowledgeable regarding conversion rates, or is that something that you have to educate them on as well? Wow. Um, it's still a struggle because I think, you know, even, even just getting call tracking, I mean, all that stuff, people just, they're not very comfortable with it, but I think the way to do it is to, is to make sure that they understand that these are things that are going to help us understand what's working. You know, we're trying to take your money and find the best channel and find the best way to reach the people who need whatever it is that you offer. And if we don't know what that response is, um, we're kind of flying blind. So for the most part, I think once you explain it to them that way, it's a little bit easier. But if you just jump right in and start saying, you know, well, conversion rate, cost per lead, ROI, um, it falls into just a big alphabet soup of acronyms. Mm-hmm. My number one takeaway. So, you, Paul, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what, what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their businesses? 
understand your audience. Take your time to do your research and find out who these people are and how their problem or their desire and your service or your product match up to what they need and, and make sure that you're representing it properly. Um, you know, there's just, you know, good, there's, there's no substitute for good data, you know, so make sure you're doing that. Find that out, install Google analytics and look at it every day. Great stuff. Well, that takes us to the end of our conversation today. Thank you so much for your time, your focus, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you? Um, they can look at consultwebs, www.consultwebs.com, or you can find me on Twitter at PJ underscore Julius. Wonderful. Thanks a lot then, Paul. It's been great. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio.